Hello, listeners. My name is Pietro, and welcome to another episode of the LSE Focal Point podcast. Today, we are delighted to be joined by Rajesh Agarwal. Rajesh is the Deputy Mayor of London for Business since 2016. Born in India, Rajesh moved to London in 2001. As an entrepreneur, he founded Rational FX in 2005 and Zenpay in 2014. He is the Chairman of London & Partners, London's official investment and tourism promotion agency, and was appointed Chair of Oxfam's Enterprise Development Programme in 2015. He has also been patron of the Prince's Trust for many years. Rajesh, how are you doing today? Absolutely top of the world. How are you? Great to hear. Likewise, yeah, I'm doing absolutely great on this Monday morning and can't wait to get this conversation started with you. So, uh, I mean, first of all, uh, just to paint more of a picture to that introduction that I gave that I gave for you, can you tell us more about your career journey and how you got to where you are today? Yeah, I, I, like you said, I was born and grew up in India, in a small city in central India. A very humble family background, really. But I was lucky to have good education. And after finishing education, I worked in India for a little bit. I still remember I used to, my monthly salary was 5,000 rupees a month, which comes to around 50 pounds a month. And I worked there. And then I got an opportunity in 2001 to come to London. And I still remember I had a motorbike in India. I sold it. It got me enough money to to buy a one-way ticket to to London. I did that, and I and I came here. And I still remember the day when I first landed at Heathrow Airport with two hundred pounds in my pocket. I'd never been on a plane before. Never been outside India before, and I did not know anybody here. Yeah, my first job in in London was in Hoban which not far from, and which was very fascinating. And I worked in IT support and I did that for about three years. And then I set up my own business in 2005. Like many entrepreneurs, I got the bug and I just decided to set up my own business. And I did that, just started with a laptop in FinTech. It's now known as FinTech. It wasn't called FinTech. Then it wasn't as cool as it is today. I did that and it it, it grew and became quite successful, but I was always interested in bringing social change. So I got involved in numerous charities and then got involved in politics because I thought, what's better way, a better platform to bring social change than politics itself? So here I am, this is my, I'm coming up towards the end of my second term as the deputy mayor of the greatest city on earth. So you you never know where life, ta- life takes you. And I never thought when I first came to this city that I'll end up being its deputy mayor. Absolutely. That's a great addition to the introduction there. And we'll touch particularly upon, you know, the more entrepreneurial, your more entrepreneurial past in the later questions. But first of all, I wanted to bring more focus to your current role, right? I wanted to ask, what is being the Deputy Mayor of London for business all about? And how is it different to say, so you do it for London, right? And how is it different to say, perhaps other cities? Well, London is a very unique city. It is hugely diverse, whether it's demographically, economically, and culturally, it's it's one of the most diverse cities on earth. And as deputy mayor for business, I have a fantastic job of championing businesses in the capital, attracting investment into London by showcasing what a great city we are and supporting businesses by ensuring they have the tools that they need to grow. And London leads the way in so many business sectors. For example, FinTech, which is my own background. We are Europe's largest tech hub. 
our tech sector has attracted significantly more money than any other major European city in last five years. This is no surprise as London has the fin of New York and tech of the West Coast and the policymakers of Washington all within 15 minutes journey on public transport. It is a city that has always facilitated the interplay between traditional industries. You look at the sort of traditional strengths of London, financial services, fashion, healthcare, edu education, and then you add technology to it to create fintech or fashion tech or health tech and education tech and so on. But really the biggest uniqueness of, of London is this deep talent pool. Just in fintech, there are over 44,000 people employed. We've got four universities in global top 40, and we've got talent visas that ensure UK continues to attract skilled people from across the world. So, I mean, London's a very unique city in so many different ways, and it's truly an honor to, to be doing this job. That's a great overview of not only your role, but also London as a city. And I want to shift the focus from that overview more onto your role and going more to a micro scale. What does your role involve on a day-to-day -day basis? Day-to-day -day role can vary quite a lot, but really at a broader level, you know, our top priority at the moment is London's economic recovery. We have, have, we have had some difficult years recently due to pandemic, the war in Ukraine and rising energy prices. Many businesses in London are still struggling, particularly in hospitality, retail and leisure sectors. So I regularly engage with businesses and industry bodies to better understand the challenges that they are facing and the support they need. The mayor and I are doing, mayor and I are doing everything we can to help capital's business community. For example, we've got our online London business hub that provides free support for businesses on topics like managing cash flow, managing unpaid debt, and advise about loans and finance or property, property lease, etc. We also work with businesses to make key asks of the government, such as return of VAT-free shopping, which is a huge attraction for international tourists in London. Like you said, I'm also the chair of London and Partners, which is Mayor's Growth and Destination Agency. Last year, LNP launched this campaign, this amazing campaign to bring more people into London called Let's Do London. And it was a huge success. It brought in additional 289 million pounds of spending to London and an additional 585,000 visitors from other parts of the UK, Germany, France, and, and, and US. So promoting trade and investment, developing new business and cultural connections with other cities is also more important than ever before. So I often refer my job as the traveling salesman for London. I regularly bang the drum for London, both at home and abroad. And last year, I undertook few trade missions, one to UAE, one to US and so on. And in fact, in uh, next month, I'll be traveling to India to promote London with a, a group of 15 amazingly talented entrepreneurs from London. So banging the drum for London is a big part of my job. So banging the drum, as as you say, right, since 2016, right, you know, that's a great number of years. What have you found to be the most unique thing about working as a deputy mayor of London for business over those many years, 
right, relative to what you used to do as an entrepreneur? How do you highlight the differences there? Oh, there are a huge amount of differences. But, but I tell you, I think it was Samuel Jackson, Samuel Johnson who said, when a man is tired of London, is tired of life. It is so true. So I can't believe it's been seven years in this role. But I'm still amazed by London. The creative energy, the resilience and the entrepreneurial spirit of London is truly unparalleled. I wonder often how one city can be so good at so many different things. I mean, coming from private sector, I dreaded the bureaucracy and the red shape of the government, but it's great that City Hall, the organizational structure is fairly flat, very nimble, and the decisions can move along swiftly. But you know, because we're dealing with public money, etc., and the scale of things is so big that there is, of course, some bureaucracy and the right scrutiny, rightly so, in place. But one of the things that amazes me about City Hall, you know, apart from the powers and responsibilities of being deputy mayor, uh, is the huge convening ability that it provides. You can bring people from different walks of life together for the greater good of our of our city. And London's truly the the the, the global capital, really. I mean, on, on on so many so many fronts. So I mean, it's very different working in in private sector. But the good news is that I spend a lot of my time talking to businesses and talking to entrepreneurs, talking to small businesses, big businesses from all different hospitality sector. So you get a fantastic three hundred and sixty degree view. So it's like the view from the shard. So you, you you get to see all of London from and what's going on in all different sectors. And I thoroughly, absolutely love it. And touching upon what you said earlier about your transition into politics and also just now transitioning from private sector to politics, what drove that? Was it that desire to scale positive impacts through essentially what you think you are good at, which is business, entrepreneurship and so on? and what you can offer to society. Yeah, I mean, as an entrepreneur and sort of leaders, I tell you one of the big skill set is problem solving. And as entrepreneurs, we tend to be innovative, very energetic and very, you know, problem solving kind of approach. If you think about it, some of the greatest businesses were born out of solving some sort of a uh, some sort of a problem. And I think that's the sort of skill set that we bring bring to the table. And for in my case as well, once the business, my business started becoming more and more established, I was more interested in bringing change in the society and helping other entrepreneurs. So I got involved with Oxfam, where I was helping rural entrepreneurs in some of the some of the poorest parts of the world. I was a trustee in another foundation where we were helping women entrepreneurs around the world. I was involved with Princess Trust, where we were helping young entrepreneurs in this country, and so on and so forth. So, I mean, for me, it was about taking that and taking it to, to a very big scale. And being being in the government gives you that because one change in policy can affect the lives of millions of people. So, so you are able to bring that and to a much, much bigger, much bigger scale. And I mean, frankly, I mean, like I said, I came to this city with almost nothing 21 years ago. You know, I met my wife here, I my children born here. I started my business here. You know, this city has given me so much. To me, this is me giving back to the city. I owe it to London. That's amazing. And this will be my last question on London before we before I ask more personal questions towards the end, right? And aside from fintech 
and entrepreneurship, what other superior opportunities does London offer and may offer in the future to attract business and or investment? You, you mentioned education there. I think that's quite a solid point to help you out. But yeah, what, what other opportunities could London offer now or in the future? Well, London is a center of expertise in so many fields. Whatever skills and knowledge you need to, 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 to access, you'll be able to find it here. Even in the age of Zoom, there is a real benefit from having so much within an easy geographical reach. It gives London an unmatched buzz, a sense of creative energy and excitement. And we have all the key ingredients for a successful ecosystem, access to growth capital, you know, access to policymakers, infrastructure, world-class universities, talent, language. And by the way, even time zone. I mean, London's time zone is so unique to compared to most of the cities in the world. I mean, our working hours overlap with most of the world's working hours and connect, you know, it's a hugely connected city as well. We've got six international airports, we've got a high speed trains. So these sectors, you know, which are mind boggling. I mean, life sciences is one. It's a hugely exciting opportunities. London is a global life sciences powerhouse. It's home to three of the world's top 20 universities for life sciences, 500 plus med tech companies and a growing and vibrant health research sector. So we run a program called MedCity and we are working to accelerate investment and innovation in health and life sciences in London by promoting the sector and strengthening the connections within the ecosystem. There are also huge opportunities in financial services sector, particularly around green finance. I mean, for you know, the mayor has set the target for London to be net zero by 2030 and the investment needed to achieve this presents a fantastic opportunity. London has re recently recaptured its top spot in the Green Global Finance Index. And I'm in no doubt that we will continue to build on, on this success. You know, if we have to become a city which is net zero by 2030, you know, we'll have to make fundamental changes to infrastructure, to buildings, and to our transport choices, which presents a whole new world of economic opportunities. And these, you know, opportunities will, will continue to grow. It will enable businesses in London to translate their global commitment into local actions in London. And it will increase London's competitiveness, investor confidence. I mean, most more and more investors these days are looking at sort of investing in green economy. You know, there's a huge area, huge room for innovation and, and so on. So... I think going forward, London businesses have an influential and significant role to play in driving local climate action. And now, bringing the conversation back to a more personal level, what has been your biggest, your biggest learning during your career? Well, there are so many. We are learning every single day, isn't it? I mean, they say that the day you stop learning is the day you die. So you have to learn all the time. But I tell you, on a more sort of general level, Always, I try to keep the big picture in mind. Life never moves in a straight line. There will be ups and there will be downs. There will be successes and there will be failures. It's important not to get massively overwhelmed. I mean, we have to try and do best in whatever we do 
it's important not to get overwhelmed. The other big thing which I've learned, particularly, I think, you know, because I've never even worked for a large corporate and then I entered the government, which is the biggest corporates of all, if you like. And, uh, you know, one, one, one thing I've learned that if you don't worry about who gets the credit, you can get more done. And so, so, so never be afraid to give other people the credit in that sense, because then you are achieving the sort of greater goal. And it really helps in the longer run. You can't go wrong with it. I never got myself involved in small p politics. I always sort of followed the North Star. And if the general direction of the travel is right, that's the more important thing than getting too much sort of bogged down by sort of short-term successes or failures. I think we just sort of, you know, focus more on, on, on that. And you know, you know that, that that's the I think from a career learning point of view. I think that's one point mm-hmm. I'd like to make. And to finish off, do you have any advice that you would give to the undergraduates of today who are either unsure of what they want to do in the future, or are potentially looking to go into entrepreneurship, or even a role like yours currently? Well, I say first of all, we live in a very very exciting time. Never before there have been so many opportunities. Of course, there are huge amount of uncertainties. But with uncertainties come opportunities too. Uncertainties are existing because there are changes now happening quicker than ever before in the history of this earth and history of mankind. And it's it's very exciting times when I look at, think about the future sometimes. I mean, you know, how we are living through a time where life expectancy has gone up where there's more awareness of climate. I mean, of course, you know, the climate change on all sorts of different matters. I think it's a it's a huge, huge opportunity. But the most important thing is to do what you enjoy. And because if you do what you enjoy, you are successful already to a great extent, aren't you? And also you are more likely to do it well. You are more likely to give it your 100% and you are least likely to give up at the first obstacle. So it's important to try and do what you enjoy. That's that's one. Follow your dreams. We have heard that numerous times, but it's so Absolutely. true. And no matter, you may feel constrained because you have less money or poor health or anything else, but there is absolutely no reason for you not to have a dream. Because even in the darkest hour and the strongest storms, your dream will keep the flame of hope alive. So have that dream, never let it die, no matter what, you know, just, you know, it's important to have that. Then I would say, take risks. I've always taken risks. Do not be afraid to be first one at something. I remember when I first moved to London and nobody from my family had ever been outside India. And they said, oh, no, no, nobody from your family has ever been outside India. I said, I'd be the first one. Then when I set up my own business, they said, are you mad? You're quitting your job and, you know, you're starting your own business. Nobody from your family has ever done business. I said, don't worry, I'll be the first one. And then I joined politics. They said, are you crazy? Absolutely bonkers. You're leaving your business to join politics. Nobody from your family has ever done politics before. And I said, don't worry, I'll be the first one. So never be afraid of being the being the first one. Take opportunities as they come. Don't postpone them all the time. Life's too short. And look, we, you know, if you fail, fine. Learn from it, but move on swiftly to the next thing. 
That's absolutely great advice. Thank you for that final note there. And on that note, I'd like to thank the listeners for tuning into this episode. And I'd like to thank Rajesh for even joining us today. If you're in, if the listeners are interested in more episodes like these in the future, make sure to stay tuned in. This is our first episode with a public sector guest. So we're very much honored this privilege. And we are looking to diversify our guest speakers in the future. So if any potential speakers are listening here, you know, we're, we're always here. We're as open as London and uh, we hope to have you soon in the future. Thank you again, Rajesh, for joining us. Thank you for having me.